0: So yeah, I, uh, did I tell you what I'm gonna call it? I changed the name. Okay. It's gonna be called Super Duty Tough Work. Super Duty Tough Work. <laughs> All right, where did that come from? You don't
1: remember that? Not off the top. Uh, Star Wars. Uh <laughs> yeah. Case uh, Two. Yeah. Like, uh, case like, Slay, right? Nah, not nah, No, nah, case, case, case Two.
0: He's like, he's in the kitchen. He's like, he said, "I'm the king of what? The motherfucking king of style." <laughs> All right. I got even more crazier styles than this one. I mean, I start disguising this. I mean, you won't even be able to see it. I'm talking super duty tough work. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you gotta you gotta go watch yeah, it. Yeah, I gotta go back super on Super duty one. tough work, man.
0: That's the best podcast name ever. But
1: you guys watching that or something? <laughs> I watch that it? clip every year. Okay.
0: <laughs> every year. I get
1: on YouTube and I watch that. I don't know
0: why. I, that scene always stuck with me. That scene or, always stuck with me, but just how fly he was walking around <laughs> in the 70s. You know? Right. We the extra to, less to brothers. Extra to less. You remember? That's, yeah, I remember. Yeah, that, that movie's so great. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a charismatic dude. And I just, went, or, that always stuck in my head, like Super Duty Tough Work. And I was like, I'm going to change the name of this. Super, Super Duty, Duty Tough, Tough Work.
1: work. <laughs> what you think? Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Groove like, man, this name is terrible, print is terrible. Don't do it. You are now listening
0: to Super Duty Tough Work. Featuring Blueprint and DJ Rare Groove. Raw and uncut. Adult conversations. No shucking, no jiving, and no bullshit. Yeah, this is the first episode of Super Duty Tough Work. <laughs> With your boy, And DJ Rare Groove. And uh, we just going to talk about things that we normally talk about, but we're going to do it a little different because, uh, you know, we grown ass men. And it's only right that grown ass men approach a lot of these topics from a uh, mature standpoint. And when I listen to a lot of podcasts, all I hear is just like gossiping. People love to talk about the what and the how, but they never talk about the why. They never really get into the, the real issues behind a lot of these subjects in the news. And uh, this is where you can come to hear the what and the high, the why, not the high, but the why. And uh, just what some grown-ass men think about any number of random topics. And, you know, as we do on stage, DJ Rare Groove is the selector, <laughs> <laughs> the sound selector. <laughs> and because he's the sound selector, he choose the topic, too. So... <laughs> I let Groove just choose the topics and then we just uh we just go in. So what do you, what do you have for me, DJ Red Groove?
1: Uh what was his first one? That Prince. Have you heard that Baltimore song?
0: Oh, to be honest, I have not heard the song. Okay.
1: Uh you're not know, really missing nothing. Okay. But I was just kinda curious like what pulled it out of him to do a song in that vein for yeah. this particular when it's been so many things prior to. I had some thoughts on that though. Okay. I'll I'll say this,
0: and I'm a I'm a I might go in on this a little bit. So Can't do it. lay the glaze down <laughs> first. This is what I think. Um I haven't heard the song, but in my opinion, Prince is often overlooked as a radical mm. figure in the music industry. Agreed. And I think a lot of that has to do with the sexuality that's attached to his music. Mm. People often overlook how radical he is simply because he's the you know insatiable guy with the falsetto voice, right. pretty dude, yeah. wears blouses and whatnot. Yeah, you know, people mm. underestimate Prince as a radical figure, but. If you take a look back at Prince's history as an artist and just as a man in general, it's hard to find anyone more radical that's still active in the music industry. Very true. And by that, I mean this. Go back and look at how Prince single-handedly changed the music industry by doing Purple Rain. Purple Rain itself was a soundtrack marketed as a movie, but it was really an album. It was like he reverse engineered the entire thing to where now we think it's a movie, but it was really an album. Mm -hmm. And he wrote the movie and said, Blow, this is what it is. I'm Prince. And if you watch the Purple Rain DVD, he's got a whole section in there where they're talking about how he wrote the thing, the script, and people were kind of fronting on him, because he he wanted it to be his. He didn't want to give it to somebody else and have them make it all Hollywood. Right. And so Prince just did it himself, and he changed the music industry with that one thing. That's one. That's one thing. Now, you hear that? As soon as I get going, they start trying to hate with the with the, with the motorcycle engine. Yeah. So. Um, Let's go back a step further. One of my earliest memories of Prince, and maybe yours too, is coming home from school. I was in maybe elementary school, just a young little dude, and hearing my dad flipping out. And I'm like, "Why my dad so mad?" I walk in, he yelling at my sister, my older sister. <laughs> And it's because this print, this picture. That, that poster. That poster of prints. And the drawers in, in the his, shower. Yes. in his <laughs> motherfucking drawers. Yeah. Looking sexy as hell. And I hope that, you know, whatever. I'm a secure man. I can right, call right. another man sexy. Yeah. Uh, that shit was on my sister's wall. My pops came home, was not having it. Yep. I experienced that with my
1: cousin. Yep. <laughs> you know. Yeah. That
0: was, that, that changed everything. That changed the game.
1: my uncle even took a paper towel and just covered up like his underwear <laughs> it was just like dude that just made it look worse like <laughs> what so he left the poster on the wall yeah, and
0: put a paper towel uh, over his, his crotch, it was crotch. Yeah, yeah. It was oh like, that's hilarious yeah, yeah. man so yeah. like ever since then Prince has been the guy to get to, to know how to move things to how to get people's attention
1: mm.
0: let's also let's fast forward to Prince's problems within the industry Prince was one of the first artists to successfully go at a major label mm-hmm. and kind of win. Right. Most people who go at a major label about getting off, getting treated better, renegotiating their deals are kind of shelved indefinitely or they just kind of disappear. Yeah. You know, the, the label says, well, you know, we're just going to shut down your means of communication, your means of communication, and you're out of here. Prince survived, he changed his name. <laughs> You to, know, yeah, symbol the symbol, <laughs> it worked, <laughs> right? It yeah. motherfucking worked, yeah. That's radical in itself, yeah. Right, that's two things. Let's talk about how when Prince got off the label and became independent, he did a series of shows in London, headlining shows in London, which maybe a second or third independent album. And in all of those uh, shows, he did a, a partnership with the local paper there to where they included his album with their paper. And he was also the first artist to include his album with The Price of Admission.
1: Mm. Prince
0: did that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Prince is not no, uh, he's, he's not shucking and jiving. No, me. no, not at all. Not you all know right. what I <laughs> mean? <laughs> and I love him for that. Yeah. You know? But I think he's often misunderstood as a radical figure in music. And I think it's because people are so focused on his sexuality that they overlooked just how difficult it is for someone in his position to actually be on the offensive to protect his rights as an artist, as an owner of his works. It's really difficult to do. And he did it all successfully. Which brings you back to the song. I haven't heard it, but I think Prince has totally, totally earned the right to make music that's socially aware and socially conscious, whether it's good or not. Right, right. I think Prince has earned that and I wish more people would recognize him for the radical figure that he is and his contribution to not just major label music, but also artists coming from the major label system, becoming independent and creating a platform and a template for us to, to, uh, to follow. Uh,
1: and I just think he deserves
0: more credit for that.
1: I totally agree. Um, he, As you said, he was first to go independent before we even could fathom what the idea was, and I'm sure do some internet stuff as well, if I'm correct. Yep. Um, as far as the song goes, it's okay. It, it does sound like a more original print stuff instead of, like, the stuff. Like, it sounds like the older style. Yeah. Like the 80s, late 80s, early 90s style, which is cool. Yeah. Um, That's really all I want, bro. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Because really, once he went independent, I wasn't really feeling any of his music, but it didn't matter at that point because he has that Rolling Stones coat following that. He can do whatever he want to do, and he's always good. Um, The song itself, I, I think it was a dope move. I was just curious, I guess, what inspired him so much about the Baltimore, specifically situation when there's been other situations prior in the media well, I,
0: I don't know. I, well, here's the thing. I guess the question should be then, should artists be expected to respond to every? Yeah, everything? Yeah. Are they allowed to pick and choose right. which ones they want to speak out about? Because the last thing you want as an artist is to be the hot button guy who's always running from tragedy to tragedy, writing a song about
1: it. Quality-esque you said that. (laughs) 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 yeah yeah you know but you don't want to be that guy right Right.
0: because it's no different than a crying wolf right um, you know i I do think that artists have a powerful platform to speak about social issues in their music but they have to be very careful Mm. that they're not trying to look like the six o'clock news right right and every time something happens oh here's my trayvon song Right. Oh, yeah. here's my, you know, yeah. my Baltimore song. Right. We have to be careful because it makes us look like opportunists. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and and for every artist like Prince who may sit back and say, "You know what? This one has moved me to speak and to write." There are going to be five artists who as soon as something happens, they got a song about it on SoundCloud, trying right. to capitalize off of that event and use it to their advantage that's the danger so i i think that prince doing it now i don't necessarily think that's an issue i think i think i commend him right for even doing it but what i would point out is that what's the difference between prince and all these other guys prince owns his shit yeah <laughs> prince can say whatever the fuck you want to say and so all these other artists out here who are wondering why and even people wondering why artists don't speak up that much. A lot of it has to do with the fact that they don't own their shit. They're just motherfucking employees. And when you just an employee. You are as expendable at your job as any employee at any other job. Right. Sure. You might get more groupies. You might have a platinum plaque on your fucking wall, but you can be fired and you can get walked up out of there too.
1: Yeah,
0: you know, and the industry, music industry especially, as an industry that is quote unquote youth driven has a high turnover rate. <laughs> yeah, You know, it's got it's like, like working at Kroger. Yo, it's it's yeah. it's it's even worse. Like I would bet that there are more people trying to get into the music industry trying to get jobs <laughs> at Kroger. <laughs> right. right very true (laughs) you know it's it's like there are millions upon millions upon millions of people trying to get in when you have a finite number of people who make it and an infinite number of people trying to make it because they perceive it to be easy Mm -hmm. or they, they look at what they see successful artists doing you're gonna have a situation where everybody's expendable all right and the industry is saying well look man it's a five million motherfucking use right outside my office. Right. So why the fuck should I treat you right? Mm. Why should I let you negotiate at this table? And I think that's that hints as to why there is not as much artistic freedom sometimes in the industry, because for every artist who stands up, five of them will lay down and kiss anybody's ass. They got to kiss to
1: make it. Mm damn you got me looking at prince i always have respect for him but now it's like damn he really is representing he's a g yeah prince is a motherfucking g he is you know and, and i i
0: didn't always feel that way about him because i didn't always understand him i didn't always i will say there is also there are times when i think the media misrepresents prince of course they try to make him look like this uh like a cantankerous old man when he says, <laughs> I don't want my concerts on YouTube. right? Or I don't want my albums on yeah. YouTube. Now, it's an issue when Prince says this, but why isn't it an issue when uh, when people are, when Taylor Swift takes her album off of Spotify? We're talking about streaming here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We're talking about access at a free level if you think about Spotify's I think Spotify has about 80 to 85% of their users are free. And so we're talking about what's the real difference between that and YouTube. Right. It's not that much a difference. No one vilified Taylor Swift when she said, I'm not putting my album on Spotify this time. And then she sold a gazillion records. Right. It was smart, but they choose Prince to say, Oh, this guy does He's out of touch. He doesn't know what's going on. I mean, how do you know what Prince's pocketbooks look like as a mm-hmm. result of not putting his money on YouTube? Right. Because I know if I can't find it on YouTube, I'm going iTunes. I might mm-hmm. dig into crates if I want to <laughs> hear that song. <laughs> right. I got some Prince vinyl to trip. <laughs> right. Let me get this. Hey, Prince, yeah. I got 19 99 I'll dust it off.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Throw it on the record player. <laughs> so so how, does that, how does that impact the rest of his sales? I would imagine that maybe he's winning and we don't know.
1: I would guess so, cause he's that dude. Like, and that music was—it's yeah. iconic, bro. Like, you gotta hear it. Yeah. What was that one song? I think it's on Purple Rain. It was me, you, and Jor. We was driving, and we broke it down. It ended up being like a gospel song.
0: I know which one you're talking about. And we were like, uh, whoa. It was. Uh, I would die for you. Yes. I would die for you is actually a gospel song. It was bugging out like wow. Yeah, yeah. it's like it's written from the perspective of Jesus, <laughs> right? And that's why it throws people off. You know, and, yeah. and and when you really analyze it, yeah, it was I'm not your woman, I'm not your man, I'm something you could never understand. understand. Yeah. Uh yeah. No need to worry, really no, need no
1: need to, to, lie, to cry. Right?
0: Yeah. I'm your something, and you're the reason why you yeah. I would die for you. So yeah. he's basically it's basically a Christian song. <laughs> <Still> is, <dude. laughs> Prince is cold, man. <laughs> I love Prince, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. That that's 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 the guy right there.
1: This episode of Super Duty Tough Work is sponsored by Weightless Recordings, whose latest release, King No Crown, by Blueprint, is available now at Weightless.net and on iTunes. So I don't know what I was looking on. One of my little hip hop sites. And uh, <laughs> gossiping. <laughs> and it was uh Melly Mel. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen this. If you have probably not don't waste your time. Cause I cut it off immediately, but it starts off with them dissing Grandmaster Flash, which is weird. Cause I'm like, aren't these dudes in their sixties? And mm. they were like, it was a, uh, it's a video, and in the beginning, it's like they're with an attorney, and they're going over how does Flash have the rights to certain songs or whatever, because he didn't write the song, he didn't, you know, he didn't mm. do nothing, he didn't make the beat, and then they like, you know, get their rights back or whatever in a video, and then it's like a video but it goes into the message not an updated version of the message just the original actual song and these dudes is like walking around lip singing the message and i was like this is weird so was this
0: uh this was a music video like a documentary it was a music video oh so their music video was saying hey he stole our music yeah how does he have so they're rhyming about the situation no they're
1: just rhyming
0: the message over again but at the beginning of it, you said they were talking yeah. about... Yeah,
1: and at the beginning of the video, it's like this mock situation where the, with a lawyer going off about how Flash is getting too much credit for their work. Oh. And I was thinking, like, isn't it too late to... I mean, if you want to get your money right, that's one thing, but, like, I don't know, man. It's been, like, what, isn't that sound like 30 years old or something?
0: Yeah, man. I mean, they're kind of- they, they approaching a uh, grumpy old man stage. Yeah, I'm like, Really? There comes a point, man, whether whether you're right or not. Right. There comes a point where you have to stop handling beef in the <laughs> public sphere. I agree. You know, to me, I mean, obviously to everyone, they will always be legends. Right. No one can take that away from them. They may even be 100% right. The law may have ruled in their favor and everything. But uh, you describing that. That situation reminds me of a line on uh, King No Crown where I say, "I'm overseas eating things that I can't pronounce, while old rappers keep finding new things to beef about." <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right, exactly. The, the situations that you just described are why I wrote that line.
1: Yeah,
0: we have to we have to take a step back from these situations as men, and this is my this is my thoughts on it. Uh and this has nothing to do with them being right or wrong. It has everything to do with our conduct as men. We have to take a step back and ask ourselves, what example are we setting for the young artists? Exactly my point. (laughs) What I was getting to Yeah, Yeah. Like what example are they setting when you have 60 year old men out here trying to sensationalize and publicize their beef next? What are you going to be fighting next? They're going to run up on grandmaster (laughs) flash and, him out, yeah, world world star. Right, that that's the next step in his. While well, he's at a gig, yeah, <laughs> Flash gets world Star in the DJ booth. By Melly <laughs> Mel, right, right, by Melly Mel, so on the front that'll be on the front page of every hip hop site. Right, on the next Beef have, DVD. Have us looking crazy. Beef DVD twenty four, you know, <laughs> right. eighteen series of, of of the Beef DVD and Melly Mel's on the front cover because knocking out Flash. I don't know. I think I think a lot of these artists are where they are and are they've contributed to to hip-hop being where it is right now without knowing it because they got screwed and they continue to try to jerk other people Mm -hmm. and they continue to fight over things that don't matter you know there's so many more things that matter to me uh or that i would like to see those guys fighting for And I I think they're needed, they're needed. The youth needs leaders. Hip hop needs people that are talking about ownership, uh, controlling the means of production. I mean, how many guys, they'll fight over that, but are you fighting over for like a distribution platform? Mm -hmm. Are you worrying about the means of production? Are Are you making sure that the pioneers such as yourself still have access and a platform? These are the bigger questions to me, uh, when I think about people in their position. But I think we wouldn't be in a position we were we are right now had the questions about ownership been asked earlier. Right. Those dudes just want to rap. And the industry was <laughs> they just wanted to rap. That's it, man. And you know, this is eighties, so yeah. you had Coke, yeah. crack, yeah. dust, <laughs> heroin. <laughs> right. Bitches everywhere. goopies, <laughs> Right. You know, flights, yeah. hotels. Like, they were the first group of hip-hop superstars. Mm-hmm. Them and Run DMC. Right. And the shit that they were saying, I think is still beyond anything we see today. I think being a superstar artist in the 80s, yeah, you ain't got nothing on that now. You Especially be when as, you were the first. Come on. Yeah. Like, there's nothing like that. Like, I was I was watching a video the other day. <laughs> this is kind of tangent, but we were watching this battle, URL battle. Right. And uh, it was uh gosh, who was it? There was a moment where Murder Mook came on stage and then Drake came on stage. Ah, uh, okay. I don't know if you watched. I didn't see that. I saw it on Warstar. I didn't watch it yet. Yeah, though. it's just a brief second. Okay. Uh, it was an intermission between battles. All these people on there, now superstars come on that stage all the time. Mm. Right. Kevin Garnett been there. Mm-hmm. Diddy and, and Q tip have been in mm-hmm. the, you know, uh the, the, the stands watching it. Drake came on stage. This girl that works for URL, New New Nails, you gotta peep her body language when Drake gets up there. <laughs> she was whispering in this man's ear. Started looking like she's trying to kiss him on his neck. Ah, uh, she just lost it's it. It's funny. It's funny, man. Fame yeah. will make the most stone cold ice queen woman turn into a groupie dog right in front of your eyes you'll be like what happened who are you woman right like this shit happens to people and they don't even know right you'll just be saying oh hey, yeah what's up Drake? drink Drake." <laughs> next thing you know she's trying to kiss this dude on the neck like, am i watching url is this the same chick? She works for you. She lost it right there. It's real subtle. When you watch it, she's just like leaning on him, tries to reach out, kind of grab his hand, shoulder up beside him. Then she's just like whispers. Looks like she's trying to kiss him with his neck on Drake's like, what's going on here? He keeping it cool because Drake sees this every day. Right, you know? right. yeah, yeah. He's like, whatever. He's like, hey, this happens everywhere yeah. I go. I'm fucking Drake. I write songs about Chicks. Yeah, and chicks <laughs> love me because I'm Drake. <laughs> but yeah, but don't dudes they they were seeing all that before we even understood what it was, right? You know, like what? Imagine what Eddie Murphy was seeing after Delirious came out. Yeah, when that dude got on stage with them motherfucking leather pants, <laughs> I think his life ain't changed immediately, right? He blasted <laughs> off into the stratosphere after that. Yeah. And you bet he 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 was probably getting carried places. He probably didn't mm-hmm. have to walk no more. Yeah. The bitches was probably throwing down rose petals on some it's Like coming shit. to America For real, shit. he yeah. probably had, that's probably where he got the idea from. Right. Like,
1: <laughs> bitches running bath water for this yeah. man. Your royal penis is clean. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, he lived that, man. He right. came up in a crazy time. And then. Mm. You, you,
0: you, like I, have read Rick James' autobiography. Yes, of course. And that course. just opens your eyes as to yeah. how wild it was back then. You can't get away with that same stuff now. No. There's too many cameras. Yeah. There's too many people watching. It's YouTube. It's social media. Mm-hmm. But those dudes lived in a special time. And because they were in that special time, they weren't thinking about what someone in our time would have been thinking about where you are almost numb to fame sometimes. Sometimes you see people so much, it's like, oh yeah, I can just tweet at trait when I want to. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? I can just hop on his Facebook and say he sucks to his face. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. it's a bit different when you got Rick James. You're like, oh, I'm here watching Rick James in front of a ninety nine hundred you know, thousand yeah. people. It's a hundred thousand yeah. people here watching Rick James. Yeah. I'm one. I will never be within 20 feet of this right, man. Right. Yeah. It's a different era, man. And I think those guys, a lot of those guys, hip hop guys weren't, weren't thinking that this was going to st- even still be here. You mm-hmm. know? And I think that the culture suffers sometimes because of people's desire to present it as a fad, a youth driven movement, which pushes out the elders who have the wisdom mm-hmm. to, to create a more prosperous situation for our, our veterans and our legends in this game and it, it's unfortunate man but i mean i don't want to see 60 year old dudes beef <laughs> nah. you know like you should you should just say hey man i don't rock with him no more yeah right? we settle our things off the camera right you know or let it go like yeah but y- you know why they can't let it go because they ain't got enough money to let it
1: go yeah and they can't come up with a new hit and <laughs> they don't own that publishing, bro bro that's the only equity they got in the game. yeah sad but i mean yeah where they got to do like the group old school tour and yeah, shit. yeah. they might be making what we yeah. not just a little more
0: when it's all divided said and said we yeah. probably do make more than them damn that is uh yeah, yeah. but the difference between us and them was that we have an extensive battle catalog to draw from hmm. uh we yeah. own our rights to our music because it's a different industry now yeah. you know being independent is cooler now but for them that wasn't really the lick Mm-hmm. And uh so yeah, you're gonna see him. when people are broke, you're gonna see them fighting in public. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dead ass. <Yeah. laughs>
0: Dead ass. You never see a papered up motherfucker arguing yeah. with somebody in public right. man, over some money. Yeah. Like like we've gotten jerked for money. Right. On some show shit. But we you know, we got a rule, right? Right. We do what's the rule. We don't argue with people over money. Yeah. We don't. We never have.
1: And we definitely ain't fucking
0: with you again. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) That's it. But we can do that because we know we're going to get our money somewhere. Maybe the next night, maybe a month from now, but we know that we're in business for the long term, and we not out here. So thirsty that we got to risk our freedom over $500 or a thousand dollars or whatever it may be. Not to say that Melly, male and them are arguing over $500. They may be arguing over way more than that. Yeah. But, at the point where you start making it public and making it a publicity campaign about airing someone out, to me that reeks of desperation. Mm-hmm. But that's not what their era was about. They came from the covert era where you didn't even know what these dudes were doing. Right? If it wasn't for the record covers, you wouldn't know what they looked like because there was no music videos really when yeah. they came up. So it's uh And they was lucky they got on Soul Train. Come on. Yeah, that was that was blowing up. <laughs> Get the lip sync on Soul Train. Yeah.
1: Maybe the Apollo. Maybe. Maybe. Because Don is really didn't care for hip hop when no. it first started. No. No. He thought it was a fad. Yeah. He thought it was a fad. So, I mean, I'd like to see
0: those dudes do something else, man. That's that's just my my thoughts on it.
1: Nah, I totally agree. Um, Because then, within the same article, that Young Thug and Game thing came up. And I'm not really sure what it's about. I know it has something to do with the Lil Wayne Carter name and album thing, because Young Thug took Lil Wayne's Carter Six title and named his new album that or something like that. And I'll be looking at Game, I'm like, dude, you're too old for this shit, man. Like... <laughs> Why are you beefing with people? Like, why don't you sit down? Like, you had your reign with the GU not thing. Let it go, man. Like, just, you, you ain't, you, like, are you really, is your music really not that tight right now, or you got to do this shit? Because I ain't really heard no new music from my mans. He may or may not, but I'm just like, sit your ass down, man. Like, nope. No. <laughs> like, why are you beefing with people, man? How about this question? When was the last time you bought a game album? Uh, The third one is that
0: the lax it might be, yeah yeah what was that the one with the uh joint we used to list the old english joint we used to listen to and we used yeah, to i think that, that was one. the second one though
1: okay because it was a documentary doctor advocate which it, was it. the best too and then lax which was okay okay yeah i don't think i, I think I it had like LAX. california sunshine on it or something like that i haven't bought nothing since because i ain't like none of the singles and i don't even know if he's actually coming out with albums because he's yeah. Beating up people, and I'm like, he should be, he should be settling beasts. I feel like that's where he should be at if he's gonna be involved. Yeah, yeah, he should be elder statesmaning, like, look, little homies, chill out, you know. Versus, here's a thing about game man that uh,
0: that I always liked but always didn't like when you get where it's very similar to 50 Cent when you when you have to achieve popularity through dissing people mm. the only way you can maintain relevance is by doing the same
1: that sucks because he had some good songs on those first two albums yeah, that had song. nothing to do with dissing nobody it was just good quality music well I mean his his his
0: status in the game though and what allowed him to become popular did have a lot to do with his beefs. Di- yes exactly mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying so he didn't diversify so you can never truly escape that true when that's what you build your career on now i will say that it's half his fault half the media's fault right because the media creates a situation where now like you're saying we can't remember the last song we heard from these people but we remember every goddamn beef we're like damn wasn't Game just beefing, beefing with uh is it Lil Dirk from Chicago or something oh, like that? Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Oh no! no, now he's beefing with uh Young Thug. Mm. He's the thing about Game has now beefed with two different generations of rappers. That's what I'm. <laughs> yeah, right. He went from being the the upstart, right, beefing with the so called veterans who wouldn't let him in the game, right, to now being the veteran, beefing with the upstarts. Right. who weren't paying him any money. Exactly. This is crazy. Sit down, man. <laughs> he's not going to ever sit down. He's going to he's gonna wait until the next generation. And then, Watch. Oh my God. Young Thug's going to put on his young protégés. Right. They're going to be like 15. Right. Game is going to be like 35-40. Right. And it's going to be sending shots at them. Because yeah. that's the only... <laughs> Promotional uh. <laughs> plan. He knows. He knows nothing uh. else about marketing other than that. I mean, we're talking about a guy who, for all of Fifty Cent's successes as a businessman, where are games' successes outside of hip hop? Mm-hmm. Where is this? Okay, you're successful, game, but where's your significance? All right. You know, who are you mentoring? Who are? What are you creating? Are you creating jobs? Are you creating? Uh, Mm -hmm. platforms, what are you creating that you own? Where is your equity in hip-hop? I don't think Game has any, and I think he knows that Mm -hmm. he may never say it, but the way he conducts himself is as of a man who really thinks that the sensationalism of dissing people in his current album is the only way
1: to make a name for himself. That's correct, because if he was doing something, he wouldn't have time to be doing this. And, And let's not forget the fact that he's
0: starting beef or getting caught up in with beef with people who are not even slightly close to his level Mm -hmm. game is a first record went four times platinum Mm -hmm. i'm pretty sure second record platinum or double platinum like game has at least two to three platinum albums Mm -hmm. games affiliations alone are beyond all the people he's dealing with like game you're you're beefing with young thug and you've done music with (laughs) Dre, <laughs> right. Fifty Cent, yeah. Eminem, Aftermath, G Unit, like you had Pharrell, like you you got all, Will I Am,
1: yeah, that was a dope cut too.
0: Like, yeah. come on, who, yeah. Who, yeah, there's something wrong here. It is, <laughs> there's something wrong here. But clearly, Game, without the uh, the mentorship of Fifty Cent, mm-hmm. Dr Dre, he's mm-hmm. now on his own now. Mm-hmm. Now we're getting to see who he really is, yeah. and who he is is really no different than Young Thugs and these other dudes. it's that uh? It's probably worse because he's the old dude on the block <laughs> starting beef. Game is Debo, right? He's Debo now. Yeah, it yeah, is. He started out as Craig. <laughs> now he's moved full circle to Debo. Right. He's that dude on the block who wants you to tuck in your chain, who won't give you your back, your right. your bike back.
1: Right he's Debo now that was perfect <laughs> all right
0: thank you for listening to super duty tough work subscribe to the podcast on itunes follow the podcast on soundcloud
1: that nobody know about i
0: mean super duty tough work